Are you helping, or are you just showing off? Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of philelmore.com and themartialist.net. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. This week, I thought I would talk about a topic that was inspired by some of the feedback that I've seen on some of my eh, moderately virate, virate? moderately viral videos on TikTok. Um, God help me, TikTok is a ridiculous platform full of ridiculous people. Um, and there's always an element of, how do you do, fellow kids, when you're a grown adult, or in my case, a middle-aged man uh, on the backside of middle age, uh, trying to participate in a platform that is dominated by scantily clad teenagers dancing and people trying to be funny and old recycled vines and everything else that goes with a, a platform like that. Uh, I've been fortunate to score a couple of videos that that went, I hesitate to call them viral because I don't know what type of spread that would look like. We're certainly not talking about, you know, millions of views. We're, but like when you get 100 views on most videos and then suddenly one of your views, one of your videos gets 200,000 views, eh, I would call that moderately viral. And then another one got like 25,000. So there's a few that have got a little bit of reach. The whole point of doing TikTok videos because that's where the people are. Right now, that's where the most activity is. Social media is a river. It's always flowing and it's always changing. And uh, you have to move to where the activity is, but the problem is what you're also doing is creating this impermanent environment where you can't ever count on anything staying stable. Uh, it, it's like the fairy realm where time moves faster than out here in the real world. A year in social media is an eternity in real life. So back in the days of MySpace, I actually managed to make a pretty professional MySpace profile for my writing and stuff like that. Um, it was pretty respectable compared to some of the dumb crap that was on MySpace. And then everyone left MySpace for Facebook. Um, there's a phenomenon where young people will adopt a social media site and when, then when the rest of us show up, they're like, ugh, the, the neighborhood is awful now and they'll leave and they'll go somewhere else. So uh, Instagram became popular and this shorter attention span theater where there were short videos and pictures uh, and almost no text posts, that became dominant. And I think Facebook ended up buying Instagram. I don't think they owned it originally. I don't remember. But now Facebook and Instagram are one entity. Facebook and Instagram are desperately trying to compete with the short attention span, short form video format. So they created Reels, which act and work just like TikTok videos do. Uh, and Reels has been integrated into Facebook. Whenever you go on Facebook, it's always poking at you, going, hey, look at the Reels, look at the Reels. You can share the Reels, go over to the Reels. Uh, YouTube has tried to do the same thing with YouTube Shorts, which work differently than normal videos and operate a lot like TikTok videos. And the whole point of participating in any of these, if you from a content creator standpoint, is that you're getting eyeballs on your videos of people that wouldn't normally see them, people who don't normally follow you. That's the whole point. You're hoping to grab attention from people who are scrolling through a timeline and the algorithm, for whatever reason, has served up your content to this stranger and you're trying to convert them over to a follower. So uh, this YouTube channel, if you're watching this on YouTube, has 
almost no followers. It gets almost no comments. There's two or three people who like what I do and can be relied on to leave lengthy and thoughtful posts. There's one coward who keeps creating uh, fake accounts because he's terribly afraid of me knowing who he actually is, even though I know exactly who he is. Uh, and he needs to be able to make insults because he hates himself. And something about my tiny amount of success, which I don't even think you could call it that because nobody watches this, something about that bothers him. So he's very, very angry. So I remove his comments and block his account every time it comes up. And then he has to go out and create another fake account or draw from the well of hundreds of fake accounts he's created because he's one of those people who is constantly using the Internet to get into arguments with people because he doesn't know how to relate to anyone on a positive basis. He doesn't have any positive relationships in his life. It's just him and his anger. Um, anyway, there's that guy who I've talked about before, and then there's the three people that, that comment positively, and that's it. So when you have a video that suddenly gets 200,000 views on a platform where it's mostly strangers, you get a lot of comments from people, and it quickly became impossible for me to keep up with the number of people following me and the number of people commenting. I now have uh, like 2,800 followers on TikTok, which is not a lot. It's a tiny amount uh, in terms of actual social media following, but it's already more than I can keep up with in terms of looking to see if the account is real and then following it back. Uh, because with TikTok, the big problem you have is a huge percentage of those followers are not real. They are fake bot accounts. You can usually tell because it's a scantily clad woman following a middle-aged man. This happens on uh, Instagram all the time. Uh, fake bot accounts on Instagram will follow me, and I know when an attractive young woman with her shirt half off is following me on Instagram, I know that's not a real person. You know, it is said that in life, being an adult means knowing that the stripper is not talking to you. She's talking to the googly-eyed Geico pile of money in your wallet. And if you're an adult, and a mature adult, you know that when you're at a strip club, any interaction you have with the stripper is transactional in nature. There are those men who otherwise are grown men who have not mastered this lesson. And to see grown men make gaga eyes over a stripper who clearly is operating on a transactional basis and lead them over to the ATM to get more money out for lap dances and such, um, to see that happen really shakes your faith in what it means to be a grown man. Because men who are capable of thinking they have a chance with these, these entertainment professionals and who, who then behave and spend their money accordingly, those people are sad. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I've heard. So when you have people who don't understand the, what it means to be a mature adult and to operate on the level of mature adults, when you get them together in large numbers and then they comment on your video because they're strangers, it can get a little sad. It can get a little weird. Some of the some of the comments I didn't even understand. There were people leaving comments and I'm like, is that English? What does that mean? What does that even mean? There was one guy who made a reference to something and I didn't know what it was and it turned out it was a real reference to a real martial arts weirdo doing some kind of dodgy fake technique. But that doesn't matter. Uh, my point is that that in all of the feedback that I got from these recent almost viral videos, there were a lot of comments that really sort of took me aback by how off the mark they were. I'm not the world's greatest martial artist by any means, but I have training, I have credentials, I have an instructor level rank, I've been doing this for a long time, and I know what I'm talking about. So when people 
leave a comment and they're just like, wrong. And? So, you know, you, there are a lot of people who want to want to impress you by how right they are, but they don't have anything positive to offer, so they just say this is wrong. It's very easy to be negative in martial arts in that way. If you advocate for a technique or for any system or any person, you then have to back that up. If that person or technique or that system in the future lets you down, then you're on the hook for your support for them. Far easier to just hate everything and be negative about everything and say nothing works. Um, in some ways, that's the territory that martial arts personalities like Mark McYoung have sort of staked out for themselves. Uh, as near as I can tell, the sum total of everything Mark does now is that won't work and you'll be arrested. <laughs> No matter what you do, no matter what it is. That seems to be the territory he's staked out for himself. So there was a guy, for example, and, and so there's that. But then there's people who clearly have it wrong, clearly are believing things that simply are not true. And there was a guy, for example, who commented on, I did a video about um, sort of flinch response and what is, you know, when you go, oh no, and something is coming at you like a fist, what do you do? And I offered one possibility for that. This guy was like, well, I would just back up. I would just, I would just back up. Like, you, you know that's wrong, don't you? <laughs> and, and anyone who has spent any time in martial arts understands that simply backing up when something comes at you, you're on rails. He'll just keep coming and run you over. Backing up eventually leads to you getting hit anyway. And, and people will talk about getting off the X, moving to a 45-degree angle. If he'd said, I would back up at a 45-degree angle, that is a valid response. But just saying, just back up, that, no. That, this is basic foundational stuff that's just wrong. And I know there's a lot of people out there who like to think they know more, and there's a good chance that this person is 12. You know, on TikTok, you don't know. There are supposed to be age limits to who participates there, but I'm sure those get broken. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, just how many young people are opining on their great and extensive experience in the martial arts and they're, you know, they're, they're getting ready to go to school, to, to junior high school this morning. I, um, I was once a third world warlord and I was unprepared for emotionally how it would make me feel to discover that I had an army of children. Pardon me as I drink from my Gatorade like Marco Rubio. A reference I can't stop making. Um, nobody looks good on camera when they're drinking Gatorade. Nobody. So, at one time, I participated in, uh, I'll call it a game, even though it's not supposed to be a game. Second Life. Second Life is a virtual environment. I have no idea if it still exists. It probably does. There's a lot of addicts who would probably be going through withdrawal if it didn't. This was a number of years ago. And I became enamored of Star Wars Second Life. There, there are there are these areas called simulators, or there were, I don't know if that's changed. Any given simulator is owned by someone who pays for that privilege. They would set them up as a number of environments, and if you wanted to create the city of Moss Eisley, you could. The, the, the simulation gives you the ability to create things, to create textures, to create buildings, to create objects and vehicles. There were scripts that would enable you to do literally anything, create weapons, create vehicles. Some of them were very complex. It's a C-based programming language. And I taught myself some of that programming language by taking prepackaged scripts apart. So I was basically one level above script kitty when it comes to my elite hacks or skills. Um, 
And I, briefly, because again, it's the fairy realm, for maybe a year I got really into Second Life and really into the Star Wars role-playing games that existed in Second Life. And my group became, quickly became dominant for whatever reason, for a brief amount of time. And we had just gotten done having a furious gun battle with the Imperial forces that supposedly kept order in the fictional city of Mos Eisley. And I, was sta- I took a picture of myself standing over the, the head of their security team because he was lying there dead temporarily because I had shot his hit point system down to zero. And a spaceship flew over right as I was standing over him. I have this picture somewhere on my hard drive. You know, it looks like cartoon images. And then my most feared lieutenant... He went by the name Leroy Jenkins Boa because Second Life would give you a last name that was generated and then you could pick whatever first name you wanted. So the last name he was given was Boa and the first name he picked was Leroy Jenkins. The, the security guy that I had killed, his name was Bulldog Liberty, to, to give you an, an example. So Leroy Jenkins Boa, my most feared lieutenant, one of my greatest warriors who had taken down many people that morning in our furious gun battle, opened his microphone and said, okay, I've got to go to school now. And that's when I realized he was a child. It had not occurred to me. So I was like, oh my God, I'm an African warlord with a third world child army of like conscripted children soldiers. And the game was never the same after that when I, when I realized that. So those memories are never far from me when I'm interacting on a platform like this, where you just never know who's too young to be an adult and have adult opinions. When it comes to martial arts, we're already dealing with a little bit of controversy where young people are concerned, because um, you can earn, you can, you can fill all the requirements to earn a black belt, but you can be under 18 and that black belt is largely meaningless. Because when you're a tiny little person who weighs maybe 100 pounds, if that, and you're supposedly a black belt, and you meet a 200-pound man who is also a black belt, your rank is meaningless. I'm sorry, that's just how it is. He'll just pick you up and throw you. So I don't believe child black belts are valid black belts. I never have. Uh, And I don't think that young people, very young people, their brains aren't fully formed yet. So while I've met plenty of young people who were very inspirational and very intelligent and very pleasant... Um, as one does walking around the world, I don't consider their opinions to be fully valid because, you know, like uh, Greta Thunberg, take, take Greta Thunberg, for example. Here was a young person who was lecturing the entire world as a teenager about how we're all very, very bad people for, I don't know, using energy and, and availing ourselves of industrial society. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be lectured by a child who's never had a job, who's never had to deal with any of the responsibilities that come with life, never had to grapple with any of the realities that are trying to provide for others, maintain a standard of living, get through life and all the stresses thereof. A child has no business pointing her finger at you and lecturing you. And therefore, the opinions of any child on any matter of martial arts, he said, bringing it back full circle to the topic at hand, I don't consider them fully valid because these are people who simply haven't had the life experience for their opinions to be as valid. That doesn't mean there aren't plenty of adults who don't know what they're talking about either. Hence, the guy who was like, you should just back up. I don't know if that was a child or an adult, but either way, they're both stupid. (laughs) 
the, the child will get better. If it was an adult saying that, that's somebody who clearly misses the mark. But the, the short form video on martial arts in general, you're, you're already trying to do a lot with very little video real estate. I'm surprised I haven't seen this more often because I kind of had a, a response ready to go for it. When you're trying to film a video about any technique or any any um, recommendation or any tip, any trick, in 60 seconds, let's say, even three, three minutes is forever on TikTok. Very rarely will I do a three-minute video. You try to keep it to right about a minute. And the way that reels work on Instagram, it's better to keep things to a minute anyway, but uh, you don't have to. To try and get anything across in that amount of time, you're already there's already a gun to your head, and you can't cover much. You've got to be very pithy and to the point, very efficient, and you're going to leave a lot out. You're going to simplify a lot. It's a gross oversimplification of what's going on because there's no room for actual teaching. So already, even the people who have the most to offer on these short-form video platforms, they're already having to truncate what they're doing by nature of the time constraint. Uh, and a lot is going to get lost along the way. Well, you combine that with the fact that a lot of people on TikTok and Instagram and everywhere else don't have any idea what they're really doing, because these, you know, the, the leveling nature of these platforms is that anyone can join, anyone can offer their opinion. You get some people who get very popular doing some really stupid crap. Like there's one TikTok channel I've seen, which is a couple of little girls doing self-defense techniques and presenting them as how-to tips. They're not good. Um, they're not horrible, but they're not good. Uh, I went through a whole channel like that, and there may be more than one, and they all look alike to me, so I don't know. Um, you know, one one little person is as much like any other. <laughs> but you go through the channel, and some of the techniques were actually not bad, and some were awful. Some were things I would never recommend, and that would never work. So you've got monstrous ignorance, massive amounts of of misguided, I want to help, but I just don't get it. Um, the limits of the time in which you're trying to do these things. You combine all that with the sort of fame-seeking nature of any video platform, because this is, remember that these are engines of addiction. They're designed to make you want attention, crave the likes and the responses, and do more. The algorithm rewards your channel for churning out more content rather than less. So on YouTube, there will be these people who do not just one video a day, but multiple videos per day. And that helps feed the beast. That helps drive attention to their channel. Although, as near as I can tell, YouTube spends all its time perfecting its algorithm to destroy everyone. <laughs> like, I've talked before about these financial institutions that seem to exist for the sole purpose of telling you that you can't use them. And YouTube seems to exist for the sole purpose of destroying any and all independent content creation, which is a curious approach. <laughs> it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it works out for them. Um, but that brings me back to individual creators on, on these platforms. Are you helping or are you just showing off? You can see this right from the outset. You get a, a martial arts channel, it's one of two things, uh, any, any individual martial arts person. They're either trying to show you how to do things in a way that might actually be helpful to you or they're showing you how awesome they think they are. Those are the two options. So uh, there's a there's a Kali channel on Instagram that I follow. This guy is awesome. Uh, he he does really fast Kali work. He's doing his screamer, 
and he'll slow the technique down and show you what he's doing, how he's rolling his wrist, where he's taking the stick. He'll show it to you slowly and then he'll speed it up and show you how impressive it looks when it's at full speed. And these are solid techniques. The guy's angles are dead on. He's really talented. Um, he's, his channel's really good for that, for, from that perspective because not only is it impressive and he's clearly very talented, but he's showing you how to do stuff. If he was one of these, you know, look at me, look at me channels, one of these people who's all ego, then there would be no slow showing you the technique to sort of break it down and demystify it. He would just be spinning around doing collie sticks like mad to show you what an awesome escrimador he is. And that's the difference. There are a lot of people from who, for whom these, these video outlets are nothing but a means to get attention. They, they crave it. They need it. They need you to look at them, look at them, look at them, see how awesome I am. The feedback from their fans is even worse. I was watching one set of videos recently where it was very clear that the guy had almost no training, well, almost none. And he was fast, I'll give him that. He was reasonably athletic as someone with, you know, 0% body fat can be. And his techniques were not impressive. They were not nearly as impressive as he thought they were. But he had fans in the comments, people who were friends, telling him, oh, this is so awesome. You almost never see this type of thing. And it's, it's such great technique. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. So what you've got are the blind leading the blind. You've got people who don't know what they're doing showing off to show you how awesome they are because they don't know that they're not good. And then you've got people who also don't know that they're not good, who think they are good because they're impressed by the flash, you know, the, the flashy, showy techniques. And they're commenting and they're providing feedback that encourages, feeds the ego of the creator. Uh, and, you know, when, when none of these people knows what they're doing, it's a, it's a horrible, horrible sort of petri dish for the further growth of the bacteria that is people who have no clue. I've been reminded of this often in, in sort of the writing world. For many years I have made my living as a writer. Uh, I make a distinction between being an author and a working writer. Anybody can author a book. Anybody can go on Amazon, publish even an incompetently written novel and consider themselves an author. Technically that's what you have done. Uh, there's no barrier to entry anymore. Anyone can be published as long as your opinions don't anger Amazon. There's a point at which it used to be that people knew they weren't good at writing and they would hire people like me because they knew they weren't good and they needed somebody who was. And they could see the difference between their bad writing and my corrections to their bad writing and they could go, oh yes, I perceive value in the service you have provided me. But as society gets worse and worse when it comes to writing, there are too few people, there, there's vanishingly fewer people who know that they're not good at writing. Like, it's gotten to the point where the people who are bad at writing don't know it. And when they reach the point where they don't know it and don't see the difference between good writing and bad writing, then I'm out of a job. Because why would anyone hire me? They don't see the difference. They don't see a need for my services. So when we reach that idiocracy point where nobody knows what good writing is and nobody can tell the difference anyway, then my career is over. <laughs> Kind of hoping I can ride that one out and die before it gets to that point, but we'll see. Uh, and we, this is the same thing we see online when it comes to online martial arts. 
you've got these these people who are essentially auditioning for American Idol. I may be dating myself with that reference. I have no idea if anyone watches American Idol anymore, but for you kids in the audience who have no idea what I'm talking about, American Idol was a singing show where people would audition in front of a panel of judges that included uh, some guy, Paula Abdul, and Simon Cowell. And Simon Cowell was the mean one who would tell them they sucked. This is not good singing. And the feature of the early auditions for the show that made everyone tune in was that there are a lot of people in the world who are convinced their singing is good who don't know objectively that it's not. And when told by a judge who judges singing competitions professionally that their singing is not good, they would deny that and become angry and hostile and combative because they were convinced that yes, they were good even though they were be being given professional feedback that they were not. And objectively, anyone watching could go, oh, that is not good. But they could not see themselves objectively. And this is what we see in the martial arts world, in the online short video format theater that is these social media apps. People who are not good, who don't know that they're not good, being followed by other people who don't know that they're not good, who are encouraging the people who are not good. And those people are not helping anyone. I actually would rather they just show off than try to help because when they try to help, they're producing stuff that's not good. But most of the time, what they're really doing is they're just showing off. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm so awesome. Look at how cool I am. Look at how tough I think I am. Um, you should be doing what you can to help other people. And this is the approach that I try to take on my martial arts stuff. Sometimes I'll do demos, but most of the time I'm just trying to provide little tidbits. I stop Before I do a video, especially for TikTok, I stop and think, what can I... What can I do a video about that would be helpful, could be useful, is a piece of lore or a tidbit that I've picked up somewhere along the way. Um, there's a lot of knife stuff I'd like to do, but I can't do it on TikTok because the communist Chinese get real touchy about showing any kind of weaponry. People try to get around that by using Nerf guns whenever they want to do like skits that involve firearms and stuff. But uh, like just opening a knife is a good way to get your video pulled, even though you've done nothing else. You Literally, I could just hold up a folding knife, open it, and the video gets pulled. That was the first video of mine that ever got yanked from TikTok, actually. And I'm like, what the hell? I didn't do anything. Well, it's because they're really uptight about that kind of thing. So there's a certain amount of self-promotion that goes into these videos. Obviously, especially if you're like me and you aspire to maybe actually get some people to watch your channel someday, <laughs> you're trying to promote what you're doing. You're trying to, you're using those videos as a means of driving traffic, you hope. It doesn't always work. In fact, it almost never works, but maybe something will click. Something will go moderately viral and it'll work out. A friend of mine, a guy named Dan Bowen, uh, he went viral online in when it was a little harder to go viral, when it was YouTube videos and stuff. What he did was he dressed up like a ninja and filmed himself cutting endless amounts of bottles in his backyard. And it was a really cool video, and it drove an awful lot of traffic to his channel. He was legitimately a viral video star. I think he even got interviewed. I can't remember now. Uh, Dan would know, and maybe if he sees this, he'll comment. But um, I, th I, think, uh, I think he got interviewed by the news for the fact that his video went viral. The thing is, though, uh, Dan was just doing those videos for fun, so there was no like product to drive traffic to. He didn't have like a website that he wanted people to sign up for. He didn't have... Um, other than people subscribing to his channel, there was nothing he was really promoting. So in that way, that's a viral video that doesn't doesn't yield any fruit down the road, really. Um, if you have something, some product, some service, some link that you're trying to drive traffic to, 
ideally that's what a viral video is for you hope to go viral so that you can drive the traffic and it's all about the marketing I did a whole video on this called confessions of an internet marketer um, so yeah there's a certain amount of promotion but then there's all the drama and drama accompanies anything that people do on social media wherever there's people there's drama it is unavoidable the problem with martial arts online is that so many martial artists are overgrown children who never matured uh, just like I talked about a moment ago uh, so one of the things they're constantly doing is challenging each other to fight and the thing they never do is actually fight each other I have seen so many fight challenges made online and I can think of maybe three times when people I only barely knew and in one case people I was aware of actually got together and fought it almost never happens uh, so for the most part challenging anyone to fight you online is stupid and sad for one thing nobody ever thinks they're gonna lose nobody's ever thought through the fact that maybe I go have this unsanctioned street battle with somebody and and I get beaten so badly that I can't do math afterwards like you know my vision is blurry forever um, sooner or later somebody's gonna do one of these backyard fights like at a street beefs or something like that and they're going to just die uh, because people die from getting punched all the time there's a famous book called the punch which is about if I remember correctly a basketball game where a player punched another player and that that guy died like just dropped dead because occasionally that happens there was a I've mentioned this before on this podcast there was a guy who got out of prison immediately joined a slow pitch softball league got into an argument with another player at a game walked up to him and punched him in the back of the head and killed him with a single punch sooner or later challenging strangers to fight on the internet picking fights with weirdos is going to harm you it's not a sustainable way to live your life so I've said before and I did a whole podcast on this not to go around doing challenge matches because there's no point in it but mostly it's drama it's people you see, I saw all these TikTok videos of various people challenging other various people to fight and of course it never happens it's a bunch of people who are frustrated they want to get their hands on the other party but they know they can't so they make videos and they're angry um, setting all that drama aside is hard it requires people to set aside their ego so think about this think about your own approach if you have a video and you if you have a channel and you do videos whatever outlet you've got whatever social media platform you have what is your approach is your approach all about how cool you think you look is it about impressing other people showing off showing them what you think you can do or are you actually trying to help people are you actually trying to give people something that they could take down the road or even just interest them a little bit in the topic so maybe they'll follow up on it on themselves because I'm not teaching anybody how to do anything in 60 seconds really but maybe they'll get interested maybe they'll start watching more videos maybe they'll start falling down that rabbit hole of pursuing this as an interest I hope so I hope that's the effect that these videos have and my desire to get more eyeballs on the channel is so that when I put out a video more people will see it it's purely that um, I just want to reach more people with the message the message is not look at me look at me I'm so awesome in my case that would be very ridiculous I am unimpressive to look at just from the outset but what I have to offer I'd like to think is information gathered over several decades of doing this uh, and everybody else doing stuff online no matter how impressive they do or don't look if they have knowledge they can impart to you this is a free resource you could spend all day watching videos on social media and learn a lot absolutely free 
I think that's impressive, and I think that's one of the things that makes our technological age really cool. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I have been the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash philelmore.